0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen and amen. Go with me to our scripture in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to get into... What God is speaking to our hearts this morning. I think this is about our ninth or tenth lesson in this teaching. Just just say that it's just a series of teachings. And it's all about pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus in our lives. And we've used this passage of scripture the whole time and we're using it now as a guide to this teaching. And in verse 13... Not over there. It says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if Anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. And we have been learning over these weeks, all these several weeks, to me it seems like several months, that we have to, uh, we are learning how to continue forward, continue to press forward. And we're learning how to forget those things that are behind. We've learned in the past few weeks that... To be consistent in progressing can be difficult. And I want to keep saying that because I want you to know that it's not easy for anyone. It can be difficult, especially because you live in this flesh. And the more you put your flesh on, the easier it is to press toward the mark. But it can be difficult. It's easy to start things, but sometimes it is that consistent progress that gives us a problem. We can start good, but we just don't end good. Or we can't continue. Or we're non-finishers. And we don't want to be a people that are non-finishers. And people in the body of Christ are very big on that, being non-finishers. Starting something and it starts off good, but new never lasts, let me tell you. New don't last new long. How many times do we have to tell you that? New don't new don't last new long. Marriage New is all good, but it doesn't last. It's new! New in any situation doesn't last long. And then it gets old. Everybody wants something new. If somebody open a big new building, everybody want to go. And then you find out it slowly, after it gets old, it slowly dwindles down. I remember when torches first came to town. You couldn't get in torches. Everybody lines and lines and lines of torches. Now you can walk in there and ain't nobody in there. Because it was new. But new don't last new long soon as it stops being new, everybody settles down. So it doesn't matter that everything is new and you're excited. Remember, it will settle down. So we understand, don't get overexcited excited about things that are new. Just be familiar and then just say, just say, you know what, I know this is all good and everything, but new don't last new long. I've learned that. Amen. And I told you I don't want those that I love and those that I'm pastoring at this time in my life, I don't want them to be stuck in a place in their heart and their mind and can't progress forward because they're just stuck, stuck in always reliving the past and always going back and forth on the same thing and talking about the same thing and the same old issues and the same old problems. And so, we, and, and, and the thing about it is, when you do that, you're just going over and over and over again the same foolishness that is in your life. I don't want, I don't want that to happen. And I make this statement that I've made time pass and I said I'll make it every week. If you are born again full of His Spirit walking in the Word of God and you're doing everything that we're teaching and you're doing everything that Romans 12 said, you're doing everything that Corinthians said, you're walking in the promises of God and you're doing everything. You I'm telling you, you're making every service. You don't miss anything. You're obeying God in every area that you know of and it seems like you're still having an issue or a problem. You made me additional help. Now, additional help don't necessarily mean something out like that. You may need additional help just in going back and listening to the messages. You might need additional help to just talk to your pastor. You might need additional help to just talk to one of the ministers. You might need additional help in different areas. You might, if something is going on in your body, stuff, you might need additional help that you need to make an appointment with your doctor and see what's going on with you. So it's many ways that you may need additional help and you can get it. Because if you're doing everything that the Word says, you shouldn't need additional help. But if you think that you are, then it might be, I need to get more into the Word. I need some explain. You know what? I need to make an appointment with Pastor. I just need to talk to her about some things. Or I need to, you know, can one of the ministers talk to me? Because, you know, I know a lot of you, since Pastor Hill is transitioned, and all, a lot of you feel kind of shaky talking to me because I'm a woman. But let me tell you, I'm just a man with a womb. And I'm a servant of God. And let me tell you, no, I, I'm not a male man, but it doesn't mean I don't know how to. Let me tell you, when you have the anointing of God, you can talk to anyone about anything. But some, for, but for some people, they're like, no, I need to talk to minister so-and-so. Many, Well, go ahead. It's no problem. I don't have no problem because I know what God has called me to. You know, it's fine. I'm fine with that. But I'm telling you if you have a problem if you have a problem with me being a female you need to find you a male to get under. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time because guess what? I'm not changing. I know my gender. I'm not changing. I'm not going to say I was with a woman and now I'm a man because God will. No, no, no. I'm a woman. And I'm not changing. So don't waste your time if you have a problem with that, then bounce please bounce because you're just taking up space what does she mean taking up space there's still room that chair you're in because I'm not going anywhere until God tells me to go so it's no sense in you wasting time well, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for a male to be up there I'm just waiting well you know what you might be waiting a long time you might meet heaven before me waiting amen and so we, you might need additional help, and, you know, we talked about that, you know, and uh, you, you might just need to spend time with someone and just talk about what's going on. If something is going on in your body, you need to understand, you know what, something is going on, and I, I need some help. You know, one thing, I was talking to someone, and it didn't necessarily relate to what I'm teaching, but how many of you know that when you take medication... You could take one medication and you have another medication. It can mess up that medication. And it can mess up stuff in your body because you took that medication and it didn't coincide with that. And then for those type of things, you need to see a doctor. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes you go to the emergency room and it's not your doctor and they prescribe you something else and you're taking something else you didn't tell them about and now you're taking that and now you're having issues and you're having problems. You need to see a doctor. Not taking up your God. I, I know I'm feeling terrible. And this thing is doing it, but God, I lifted up this peel up to you to cleanse it, and I'm gonna take it anyway. All that foolishness, no, it'll, and I mean, and that's, the, and that's the way life is. Yeah, I, mean, like you can, I mean, you can be into one thing and then to another thing, and all of that it messes up your life. So, when you see those things, you need to get help, amen. And then we talked about a few objectives that we had, and that's important to this ministry. That's important to our ministry. And I said that we were going to talk about, and we did, how to press uh, forward from your old life. And then we said we're going to deal with how to press forward from loss. And we dealt with that extensively. And how to press forward when I've been disappointed. And that's what we've been on for the last three weeks. And I want to teach us how to press forward when we miss God. You know, when I'm, when I'm sitting down and I'm thinking about everything, I'm trying to think about it, and I'm thinking about everybody, when people come up in my mind and things come up in prayer and stuff, that's how I find out how you miss God when you're in a stagnant place. These are not things that come off the top of my head. These, these are things that come from the Spirit of God by me overseeing the flock and seeing what you need. Amen? So go with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 5 and just rest there because we're going we're gonna to get to it. But i got several things I want to say before that. And we're going to continue on how to move forward. Listen, you have to understand, in life, there will be disappointments. Be okay with that. You're going to have disappointments. And sometimes disappointment can cause things that we feel that we could not, or we did not, or could not have control over. And so we're feeling it, and we're disappointed. You know, we're disappointed that I couldn't get through to my child or I couldn't do this or, or this happened in my life and I didn't do what I wanted to do in life. I was just disappointed. Amen? Primarily where our focus is on these things that happened in our life is that we feel like you know I didn't have any say over it this happened and there, most of the time things that you've been into or something you probably didn't or something happened you may not have had any say so over it and you're going to be disappointed but it is essential that you know how to move forward once you've been disappointed you cannot let me tell you you cannot move forward with God disappointed you got to let the disappointment go are you are you following me We have to handle, it's essential to our walk that we handle disappointments. And disappointments can definitely cause us to be stuck in a place, in our minds, in our, I'm telling you, in our hearts. And then, and and one disappointment after another disappointment after another just have stacked up and it's all on the inside and you're just disappointed. You're disappointed that God didn't heal someone. You're disappointed because you, that you think God didn't heal someone because and you had no control of. You're disappointed because God didn't come through on that job, and it's you you're the one putting the resume, not God. And you get disappointed by many things in life. You know, you're disappointed about who you married, but you you married them, I and so you, let me tell you, like the sister said this morning, you are in an institution, and you're there to stay and work things out. Amen. So, you know, you can have a bad week. Listen, a bad week can turn into a bad month. A bad month can turn into a bad year. A bad year can turn into bad years. I've known people that have just had bad years. And then that's a whole bad season of your life. Like, us, oh, just don't seem like anything... And when it piles up on us like that, we get stuck in a place. And, and when you're stuck in a place, you can't really progress, even though you may think you are. I, I was I was going through the channels on my TV, and, you know, any time that you go through channels or whatever, and uh, and uh, the Spirit of God will just speak to you about things. And, and I stopped on one of the deals because people, somebody was boxing. And God said, you know, disappointment is like that. And I began to look at it, and I said... Well, yeah, it, it can be like that. Why? Because sometimes in life, you, can take, you take a punch. You give a punch. And then sometimes you take a punch and you're like, okay, you, they coming back, you know, because they didn't do nothing. And they punch you again. And they punch you again. And they punch you again. And all of a sudden, you're on the ropes. And all of a sudden, they knock you out. And you see them getting up off the ground and everything. But when they get up, they're in confusion. They don't know up from down, in from out. They're walking around and the the referee is holding their hands and telling them to look in my eyes. Look in my eyes, you know. And they're looking all up because because they've been punched and punched and punched. Well, that's the way stacked up disappointments do. You're trying to get off the ropes and you're stumbling around. You don't know left from right. You think you do, but you don't because you have been on the knockout list of disappointments. You have staggered long enough. And God is saying, it's time. It's time for you to progress. Amen. And so we don't want to be stuck in that place. We don't want to be stuck on the ropes and we don't want to be on the canvas. We want to be the one throwing the punches. And you can if you grab a hold of this truth. Because, again, in life, disappointments are going to come with the boxing gloves. Don't you worry. You can stand in the ring all you want to and think nothing is going to happen. Don't you worry. Somebody disappointment's going to get in that ring with you. Just be still. It, it will get in that ring with you. You just better stay ready because it's coming. And when it comes, you better be, I'm telling you, you better not be light-footed. Because disappointments can just get you stuck. Amen. Amen. And then I gave you a definition of disappointment. I said the definition of disappointment, it means that you have a sadness or a displeasure caused by non fulfillment of our hopes and expectations. Uh, displeasure or sadness of because my hopes and my uh, um, expectations were not fulfilled. So now I'm sad and now I'm hurt. And notice, I said yours. It is, in other words, nobody promised us that. That was just our hope, our expectation. As a matter of fact, Jesus promised you the opposite of your hopes and expectation. Yeah, he, he, Jesus said, you're gonna have to learn how to endure hardness. Why? Because disappointments are gonna come. Disappointments are gonna come. And, you know, when he said you have to endure hardness, I don't know what you think hardness is for me, for you. But hardness for me, I think of hardness, I think of something that's not easy. And he said, You're going to have to learn to endure hardness. You're going to have to learn to endure things that are not easy. Because they're coming if they haven't. Amen. And sometimes when things don't meet our hopes and expectations, we find ourselves in a sadness and in a place of displeasure because our expectations were not met. I was at that place. In September 1st, 2018, I was at that place, disappointed. 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 Disappointed because that was not my expectation. It was not my hope. But God never told me in the word that my husband was going to live forever. But he did tell me it's appointed once for every man to die. See, he told me that. And I told you last week and I'll tell you again. If you're going to put any hope. And any expectations in anything, put it in His Word. Not something made up out of your head. Not your own hopes and expectations. Unless it lines up with the Word. Because your hopes and expectations, they are simply yours. And those things rarely come into fruition. I didn't say they didn't. I said they're rarely. So you're going to be in disappointment. Amen? And then sometimes we're disappointed and it can produce hurt. It can produce discouragement. It can cause discontentment. And disappointment because of our... You, we can be disappointed from past experiences that are catching up in our lives. Things that happened in our past. Things that we did not expect to come up and it's happening and it makes us sad. Or somebody brings it up and it makes us sad. Sometimes we're disappointed with our present situation. Where we are just right now. I'm just, oh, you know, I just you know, I just don't know. Sometimes we're just disappointed in our present situation. I mean, you just don't want to, you know, you just don't want to be in that situation that you're in. I want to be, I don't want to be in this right now. I just, well, I don't need this right now. And you're disappointed. And I want to say this. If you have never found yourself in a time in your life, listen, where you've not been in a situation that you didn't want to be in, I'm going to tell you why you haven't. Either you're too young, listen, you're either very, very young, or you're very, very naive. If you've never been in a place where you didn't want to be, you're either really, really young, or you're very naive. Are you with me? Because for the rest of us, we've been there. (laughs) We've been in that place, in that time in our lives. In those present situations where circumstances and situations are there. And it came out to be what I didn't hope for it to be. I didn't expect it to be. I was expecting something else. I believe in between, for me, between... March twentieth, uh, March twenty twenty, when the pandemic started, so many things that everybody had hoped for, a lot of things that I had hoped for for my family, my ministry, and everything. Think, you know what? And see, this, this is what you need to understand. I had a lot of things that I hoped for and I wanted to 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 happen. Before the pandemic hit, and you know what? When I was writing it down and when I was thinking about different things that we were going to do and, you know, with ministry, with my life and different things, and the pandemic hit. But when I was writing all of that down in my head and, and my dealing saying, okay, and, and getting everybody together, I mean, we, we had a group of people. We were going and meeting with the people the, uh, about the prison ministry. We were doing just doing things, getting ready. But you know what? I believed I prayed next, sought God about it. I believed I believed I heard from God and I knew that and then the pandemic hit and all of those things were put on hold. All of the things in my life, all of the things in my family, all of the things that I wanted, everything put on hold. That was disappointing. But I couldn't stop. And I'm sure many of you had different plans before the pandemic came. And we have stayed in that thing two years. And you have to just keep going. You said, oh, I prayed to God about it. You know, this, that, and that happened. Well, I must not hear from God. No, I prayed. I believe God. But things happen in life. Understand that. And it causes us sadness. It can cause disappointments. I remember in 2020, 2021 when the pandemic hit, let me tell you, children went to school for 18, I mean all the way up to 18 years old. And they had planned to go off to college. And let me tell you, they were sitting in their parents' house on a computer at home. They were disappointed. They were like I was planning to go off to college. I was planning this. They were disappointed because they're here. They are spending a whole year in their parents' house in a room with a computer. That is not what they had hoped for. They 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 was going to school excited about. It. Can't wait to go to college. Just disappointment in just many different areas. Amen. And you know, because they they, they had just uh, uh, an excitement of just walking across the stage. You know, high school students, they just get excited about everything. They wanted to walk across the stage. They didn't get to do that. They were disappointed. And see, we can have disappointment by things we perceive for our future. What I want to happen. Hmm. So... I, when I, what I mean by that perceived future is things that may have happened in our past. They come up. Or dealing with things in our present that causes us to think on the future things and, and, and it doesn't look good. Like, you know what, if I wouldn't have done that back then, you know. And, the, you know, your hopes and expectations, hey, I can't do this. I can't, you know, I can't do that. You know, something like, okay, you know, when I was young and silly and stuff, and I made all the wrong choices and charged up charge counts and did all of that, and everything went into bad dealing, and now my credit is all done. Now I want to buy a house, and I'm disappointed because my credit score is not where it used to be. I'm disappointed because now I've learned and I know how to do it. But you know what? It takes a process now because of your foolishness. And you know, we we won't we you know and, and we love to go to those ministries that tells you that God is gonna cancel your debt and He's gonna cancel all your debt. Go and try to get a house, you'll see if that's canceled. It's not canceled. That when God cancels the debt, whenever you hear debt cancellation, just know Jesus paid the price and paid the debt. That's the only debt cancellation. Everything else you gotta pay for. Are you following me? You gotta pay for. So, and then, you, then you're disappointed. Well, I'm good, man. I'm making money now. And I'm, you know, and I'm through with all of that. And now I pay on time. And I've been paying on time for a year. Well, you're going to keep on paying on time. And let the disappointment go. Because let me tell you, if it's one thing that's going to always be around is houses. <laughs> you can get one eventually. They, they're not going anywhere. They build, have you noticed they're building them everywhere. So you don't have to, you don't have to be discouraged they say, oh, well, my time will come. Different things that I've done in my past and experiences that I've done in my past that have messed things up for me. And so, so again, disappointed in your own hopes and expectations. Now, we're going to get into the new information. How do we press forward from disappointment? Listen, write it down. Number one, the first thing you must do, I must forgive. Oh, we're going to deal with forgiveness today. I must how do I press forward from disappointment I must forgive Remember I told you before I said doing all you have to do all that you need to do From point, point 1.2 you have to do all that you do. And remember, all the different ones that we have taught on, this is connecting knowledge. This is a teaching ministry. In a teaching ministry, there is connecting knowledge. We're not just going to pre- preach a new sermon every week. We're, we're connecting knowledge. Why? Because we're growing and developing, and we need it to attach To what we've learned. So everything that we've taught previously is connecting knowledge. Whatever we teach in family life is connecting knowledge. Whatever we teach on Wednesday is connecting knowledge. That's what teaching ministries do. Don't act like or don't think in your head, these are separate individual teachings. No, that's not how this ministry works. This ministry works with connecting knowledge. Because they're not called the same thing does not mean that they're not connecting knowledge. But if you really sit down and listen to all of the... You say, oh my God, I see it. It's connecting, it's connecting, it's connecting. Because we must connect knowledge in order to grow and develop. Amen? Now, now I'm going to try to go through these things slowly and very carefully. You know... And I want you to stay with me this morning because this is the most important thing is that you stay with me on these teachings. Stay with me. Don't get caught up on anything else but staying with me. Amen. Oftentimes, we struggle to press forward from disappointment because we have not forgiven. Why is God right back here with us? We have not forgiven. Remember, 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 disappointment is sadness, a displeasure, because my hopes and my expectations were not met. Are you with me? So oftentimes, again, we struggle to press forward because of that simple thing I haven't forgiven. Some of you haven't forgiven God about what your hopes and expectation was not fulfilled. And guess what? It wasn't God's fault. But you haven't forgiven God. You hold God responsible for your hopes, not His, your hopes and expectations that wasn't fulfilled. Now you're upset with God. Maybe you haven't forgiven a person. Hmm they hadn't said this, if they hadn't done that, if they, you know, they hadn't treated me this way, if they hadn't did what they did. Some of you may haven't forgiven a group of people, a group of people. <laughs> what do you mean by that? There are people that you have not moved forward because you are upset. One group is upset with another group. And you know what, you, it, you, and you feel like that group is the reason why I'm in the situation I'm in. I wouldn't be this way if it wasn't for so-and-so. Them white folk. Them black folk. Hmm. Them Hispanic folk. Oh, let's call them, them Republicans. It's those Democrats. See, we get caught up. See, see, you're just thinking about somebody you had beef with. But a lot of you are right here. Are you with me? The reason I didn't get that job, them Democrats made sure that all the factories was shut down. The reason why I'm not ahead, them darn Republican folks, they changed the rules. I just hate them. I just hate them. And when they changed the rules, it took me out of the whole situation. I'm telling you, I don't, you know, ain't nothing nothing I hate worse than a Republican. Nothing I hate worse than, see, you don't even know what's coming out of your mouth. Hmm. The reason I can't get ahead is those white people, the white man, keeping me down. They're always saying something, and they're always saying something about the black folks and the Hispanic folks, and they're always saying this, and they're always saying that. Hmm. I can't press for it because of all these black people I need to move because they're moving in the neighborhood. That's for you out there. that's listening to me. You see what has happened since they moved in, black folks moved in, it's time to go. Yeah, I can't, you know, well, what about the Hispanic people? Oh, no, God, no. Uh-uh. Uh I hear they party all night. I'm not. Oh, see, you didn't think I was going there, did you? See, but I'm telling you, people have all of this stuff going on. And you think nothing of it. You think nothing upsetting. Because you're not dealing with one person you're beefing with. But God is looking at the heart. didn't go my way. And it's amazing how we blame groups of people in our disappointments. Whole groups. And we make our disappointments, we, we you know, we, we make them based on what we perceive they did to us. See, a lot of times it's just what you perceive. It may not even be so, but you perceive this is the way it went. Sometimes we have trouble forgiving whole institutions. That's why some of you don't want to get vaccinated. Oh, no, the whole government is out to get me. See, a whole institution, I ain't getting none of that. Because they're going to put something in you and then, what, ten years down there, you're going to grow ears out your butt. You know, just just you know, you just, just oh, perceive stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it ain't happening right now, but I'm. But let me. Tell you, you've been vaccinated since you were a baby. You done got, Let me tell you, you. They held your little leg down and popped you, and you had to get all of that to just get in school. Now all of a sudden, see that's that's that's, that's just. I'm angry toward a whole institution of people. This whole government is just wrong. I'm telling you, it's the government. It's the government. It's all of them on Capitol Hill. And see, you still don't look at that. You have an anger problem on the inside of it. I mean, somebody say something. I mean, somebody put something on social media about the, you know, if you're a Republican or or if you're a Democrat, it doesn't matter. I'm just giving an example. They put something on there about the Democrats. And baby, you get on there and I'm telling you, type your face. Oh, no, I'm going to get their tail back. I got to say something about the, you know, all of that. I'm angry. Let me tell them what I'm saying. Wait. I mean, you spelling everything wrong, but you just hitting it. Then you have to go back and say, oh, no. I mean, you just because what? They need to know I'm a Democrat. Did you see all the white people? All the white people are Republicans. We need to turn this state. We need to turn it. We got to know. No, we got to get them out. And you don't understand you're in unforgiveness. I'm trying to help you and you don't see it. You don't see it. Sometimes, listen, we struggle to forgive people we don't even know. We don't even know. Never even met. Oh, I'm so disappointed I never met my father. How do you know that was negative? How do you know that? It could be a disappointment. How do you know that, that, that that's negative for you? You may have, meeting your father, how do you, your parents, any parent. See, people don't understand. When you try to tell people about things, they think, they think you're angry with them or you haven't forgiven them. No, I have a revelation that you don't have. I'm not angry with them, but I understand it just like this. You could be angry with a parent and say, well, you know, they weren't in the child's life or they weren't here and they weren't there. How do you know that it wasn't God that made sure they were moved from your life? And then you meet your parent and find out they were a child molester. Hate you ever met them. And God's like, I tried to move them out of your life. You bucked and bucked until you went and got that. And so you try to tell people about certain things you they don't need and everything, they like, oh, you just still angry, you just still angry. no, you just don't have revelation. And God'll have to give you that. Sometimes you don't need certain people in your life. And God moved them. Why? Because of purpose. Not because God was mad at them. God's never looking at them mad because God wants them to be walking in the word. God removes people for purpose. God's never going to let anybody interfere with his purpose. Are you with me? Find out they were a drug dealer. They were doing this. It could be God's mercy and grace that kept that person away from you. Be okay with it. And being disappointed is no way. Let me tell you, God has blessed you. And look at your life. Look at your life. Your life is in a good place. You've got an American dream AND the dream of God. Let me tell you, you got a nice house, you got a nice car, you got a nice job, you got all of that. And you're even going to heaven. But you want to go and look up and disturb your life. You got the best of both worlds. Why don't you just go on? Let's go on. I knew someone and uh, this guy, he had everything. He had a nice wife, nice children. He was educated. He had cars. He had his, you know, he had a good job and everything. But if you was in a conversation with him, five minutes into the conversation, he would always say, but you know, you know, I was adopted. And anytime you talk to somebody, you talk a little. But but you know, those are not my real parents. You know, I was adopted. So why do you need to keep reliving that? You have a good life. They raised you good. You're walking in the things of God. You're you're a holy man now. You got a family. You got. Why do you keep reliving that? Why do you keep going on that? You're where you need to be. That didn't the culture was adopted didn't mean didn't break you. Actually, it put you in a great place. You had good people, and I mean, they, he loved his adopted parents and everything. But he just always had to say it. Hmm. Just let the blessing that's in your life be a blessing. Amen. And, you know, you can say, I'm just so disappointed that this person or that person. We have whole people storming the capitals. We had whole people, vote. you know, they were threatening voting officers, doing all kinds of things, shooting up elementary schools. We have all of that, angry, bitter, frustrated, with folks they don't even know. Why? Because they feel like their hopes and expectation wasn't met. So I'm going to shoot up a school. My hope and expectation is not what I wanted. So now I'm just going to storm a Capitol. The, my hopes and expectation was not what I wanted. So I'm going to say they stole this from me. See, that's your hopes, your expectation. We are, what, two or three years into the last election and we still have people angry still have people angry, bitter and hostile. Still have people saying what was stole. Still have that. And guess what? Catch this. The day after the election, they were the same people they were. They lived in the same house. They had the same food in the same refrigerator. They had the same job, the same they was eating the same food. They had the same breakfast they always had. The next day, they went to the same job. But I was just so angry and just so mad. They had the same paycheck. They had everything was the same, but they couldn't press forward because I'm upset and I'm angry about what happened. And, and, and you know what? And okay, let's let's go back even further than that. Yeah, that was this election. But that was people that felt the same way four years prior to that. The exact same way. Can't believe a black man in office. Eight years we gotta get him out of here. And they still mad. And they woke up the same deal. It's the same deal. And it's anger, it's bitterness, it's frustration that's there. And you have no idea it's unforgiveness. You think that means nothing to God. If you think that means nothing to God, it's because you don't know your God. Because it means everything to Him. Why? Because God said you are the light of the world. You have to think differently. Are you going to get stuck in a place because this whole world has changed? Did you hear me? And and if you don't get what you expect, you know, you may be sad and stuck for no reason. But understand this, life moves on. Life, Have you noticed? I don't care if you're disappointed who got in office. Have you noticed the next day, come on and go? The next hour, it just keeps going. It's the same in death and anything else. Have you noticed when... Now, for me, time stopped. When Pastor Hill passed, time stopped for me. But notice, it didn't stop for the world. It's never going to stop. It keeps going. And guess what? I had to catch up with time. Because I stop. You can stop. But notice, time never stops. That's why at the point of death, they take a time. They call it. Because time doesn't stop. And you can't stop. Are you with me? We have unforgiveness, write it down, with real and perceived offenses we can have unforgiveness with real and perceived offenses that mean you can have some real offense that you're and you can have a perceived one I mean there's real things that really happen to us and I'm not minimizing you know what's real in your life because I understand people can do horrible things. They really can. They can do horrible things. Terrible, horrific things can be done to us. But sometimes we have forgiveness and an offense, and it's not even real. It's not even real. Now, if you're married in here, you, 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 you don't even need to, I don't even need to further explain that. Because th- th- that has happened. Because everybody in a marriage has been offended by perception. If you married. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, you're arguing about something, and, you know, your best argument ended up with you going to bed and saying to yourself, We did all that arguing, but I think we really were saying the same thing. It was a perceived thing. What? No. What? We got it. What? what are we got And then you lay down and you be like, well, I think we were really actually saying the same thing. I just perceived it should have went to an argument. And then after you settle down and you get in your your bed and you sit, you be like, actually, we were really basically saying the same thing. Oh, you'll never admit to that, though. I can't admit to it. Oh, no. <laughs> That's just going too far. mm hmm. So unforgiveness can cause anger, bitterness. And it's not just anger and bitterness. Listen, towards the person that you're anger and bitter towards. You have anger and bitterness towards everybody in your own way, towards everybody. and it, And you know what? And it can cause a lack of trust. A lack of trust. When you cannot forgive the last person, it makes you make it very hard for you to trust the next one. Did you hear me? When you do not forgive the last person, it makes it hard to trust the next person. It can cause you to have poor relationship with other people. That's unforgiveness. It'll just cause you to have just poor relationship with other people. Now this is the big one. It can cause you to have health issues. Did you hear me? Spring up and trouble you in your body. It will cause you to have stress. Unforgiveness will cause you to have anxiety. Unforgiveness will cause you to have high blood pressure. Now this is a good one. Do you know unforgiveness can even cause weight gain? Hmm. It can cause weight gain. You're holding on against, you know, holding on to something against somebody and packing the pounds on yourself. Literally packing baggage on. You don't you still don't get it. I need you to get this. Now, 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 I, I'm talking about pressing forward. Because some of you that that ain't, you you just eating up the house, but it's some that really you packing on the weight because you just have unforgiveness, and it literally jumps on you. Are you are you following me? Listen and understand this. Your ability to not forgive makes the person that you are not forgiving, they now become Lord of your life. The person that you will not forgive, they have now become Lord of your life. They ain't Lord of my life. They ain't Lord of... Oh, yeah, yeah, they are. Because, the, because listen, because the fact that you won't forgive them, it has cut you off from your relationship with the Father. Father. Your relationship with the Father is hindered now. All because you won't forgive. Your relationship is hindered. And now you're making decisions based on what you feel about that person. Now, I ain't doing that because, you know what? Mm mm Yeah, no. You see, now I'm going to make decisions based on what I feel about your tale. And God said, no. You're hindering your relationship with me. You're hindering what I want to do in your life. Why? Because you are all out of order and out of line. I know, I know you wish you would have stayed on this morning. But God won't let you keep that unforgiveness. You know why He won't let you keep it on you? Because He wants to do something in your life. He wants to make a move in your life. And He can't. He's like, I can't do anything. I'm limited in what I can even do in your life. Because you won't forgive. Oh, you say it. But don't you know God knows the heart? And God has dealt with us about forgiveness before. So evidently we're still there. That person becomes Lord of your life. You base decisions on what you feel about that person. So now if you're being led by them and your feelings toward them, see, because you are, you're being led by them. And you don't even, they're Lording over your life and you don't even see them. You're not led by the Spirit of God that dwells on the inside of you. And at some point, you have to make a decision that no one, listen, you have to make the decision. I can't make it for you. i got to keep myself clear. Because let me tell you, dealing with the people of God, you have to keep yourself clear. Because they'll pull you right into this. They'll pull you right into this. So at some point, you have to make a decision that no one in no situation is worth my relationship with God. See, that's what you have to tell yourself to move forward, or you won't. You have to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm too caught up in this. I'm too mad. Every time I think about it, if I think about what time I've wasted in my life, I get mad all over. You have to tell yourself nothing and no one is worth making, messing up my relationship with God. I need God. I don't need God not working on my behalf because I'm full of anger and bitterness and hurt on the inside. i got to let it go. Just let it go. See, this is our thing that really gets me. Oftentimes, this is good for you. This This is really good for you and I want you to grab this. Oftentimes, that unforgiveness, you keep it because it's a way that you make the situation right in your size, in your sight. And you feel like somehow if I forgive this person, it's going to take some things away. Because this unforgiveness, you know, somehow it makes it, you know, it's making sure that they know they were wrong. So I don't want to forgive you. I want you to know it. I want you to hurt that you were wrong. And so I just want you to know I'm not forgiving you. You know, I'm hurt. I want you to look at me and know I'm hurt. and What I'm going through. Because of you. So I'm not going to forgive you because if I forgive you, then you might think everything is all right. As long as you know that I'm holding this in my heart, I want you to know I'm hurting and I want to make sure that you see it. And the person that you're trying to hurt, listen, or the person that you're holding unforgiveness with, the truth is the person that you're holding unforgiveness about, if they cared... They wouldn't have did what they did, so they don't. So why hold on to it? The only person, the only people, this person that's having a sleepless night is you. That's why you can go into forgiveness because tell yourself, you know what? If they ever really cared about me, they never would have done this. So they don't care. So guess what? I'ma forgive them and let them go because I need some sleep. Not rest. I need some actual sleep. They somewhere snoring and you holding on. Oh, and you tossing, beating your pillow down. You opening their face. Just, you know, And you turn back over and you get up, you go to the restroom and now you emptied yourself. Now I'm really going to beat the pillow. Just angry and mad. They're snoring somewhere. Let it go. And say, you know what? You're not having this kind of Lord over my life. Don't let them have that kind of Lord over your life. Because if you do, they know they have Lord over your life. Now, listen to me with this. This is going to be great revelation for you. And I want to take it slow because I want you to get this. And then you'll know I can forgive. Because now you'll know what forgiveness is all about. Write this down Forgiveness is an internal work It's not about the person forgiveness is an internal work write this down I can never forgive if I don't see situation from God's perspective I will never be able to forgive if I don't look at the situation from God's perspective whatever it is See, if you're mad at the government and you're mad at at, at all the senators and you're mad at our governor, we're mad at all of that. Look at it from God's perspective. Because God died for them. Forgiveness is an internal work. Forgiveness is an inside thing. It's inside. Write this down. Forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about what needs to happen in you. Forgiveness is a heart condition. It has, listen, God, this forgiveness, it has nothing to do with the person. It's an internal thing. Get this. Because as long as you think it has to do with the other person, you're going to stay in bitterness, strife, and all the foolishness that you're in. Because it has nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with you, internally. See, now we're looking at forgiveness from God's perspective, not our own hopes and expectations, not our own way of thinking. This is God's perspective on forgiveness. It's an internal thing. It's inside it's not about the person. Forgiveness is a heart condition. It's about getting my my heart right toward God. Getting my, my heart right with God. Again, this is an eternal work. It's an internal work. It's a heart condition. I'm going to drive that home. It's an internal thing that's going on that God wants to deal with you about. And this thing we know, I don't have to tell you, and nobody have to tell you, you know yourself when your heart is not right. You got to say, I got to check my heart. No, you ain't got to check it. You know. You know when your heart is not right. I know when my heart is not right. Everybody knows when their heart is not right. You know when it's right, and you know when it's not. You know when your heart is right, and you know when it's not. And see, some of the people that we're holding unforgiveness towards, listen, some of them are dead. There's some people that are gone and people are still holding unforgiveness to a former dead person. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe. Well, they gone off the planet. Never. But you're holding unforgiveness towards somebody that has passed away and gone, been gone. It's not about your relationship with them or what they did or what you did. It's about your internal condition. Understand that. It's about on the inside of you. That's where God deals. That's what God that's where God assesses everything. On the inside. Hmm. Oh, we need to get this. And there's no sense in being upset. Mad and unforgiveness of someone that has transitioned, or you know, because you'll never be able to go back and get it right with them, not anymore. They're not here, so it's it's internal, it's a heart condition. Listen, I don't care how many graves that you know, people I went to the grave and I sat and talked to them, everything they don't hear you. I went to the grave and I asked him for forgiveness. No. And no again. I mean, see, a lot of things that we do, we just make ourselves feel good about. But it's unscriptural. It's unscriptural. Ain't no sense to you. Let me tell you, if you want to go and talk to the, the cement, go ahead. But, it's, you know, it's not doing... They don't hear you. It might help you just get through the day. But no for, for certainty, it has nothing to do with... It. Oh, they heard me. I could tell. I saw a red bird as soon as I said it. It landed right on top of the deer. Okay. I saw a blue one. Okay, what? We got red and blue birds and yellow. We got all kind of birds around because they land or well, they land right on top. I'm telling you, right there, right then and there. And what does that mean? It means that they landed right then and there. That's all that means. Don't mean that I, that was them. I've heard people say a lot. Have your loved one came and visited you? Yes, they have. I saw a red bird. I, let me tell you. I he talked to Hill, I ain't never saw him as no little red bird. And I ain't trying to see him as no little red bird now. But the all of that's for yourself. But it's unscriptural. What's done is done. There's no do overs, there's no do overs at the grave site. There is none. I know, I know you don't want to hear this. And you don't believe this. But I'm telling you the truth. You can't find it in the scripture. You're, no, you're not talking to anyone. All of that is just for your flesh to feel good. That's just like, i mean tell you, I don't care how anybody lives. Rest in peace. They gain their wings. Rest in heaven. All of that is for you because wherever they are is sealed and I don't care how many times you said it won't change wherever they went oh, and and you can know where they went you know you can know where your loved one went it's here and let me tell you and if they didn't do what was here then you still know where they went because it has to go it has to line up there is no new revelation it has to line up with this And so don't be disappointed and mad at God. Everybody that have transitioned had a chance to live their life according to the Word of God. And you can't do anything about it now. Your best bet is that you better live your blessed life, not your best. You better get yours right, so because your day is coming. Let's get... See... In this ministry, we talk real time. So I'm not about to play with you. God is going to do this for you. God, God going to do exactly what His Word says. And I don't have to sign off on it. His Word stands for itself. Are you following me? Now listen to me. Forgiveness is about our position with God. It's about being in right position with Him. That's all forgiveness is about. It has nothing to do with the person. As long as you think it has to do with the purpose, you're going to hold on to unforgiveness. Write it down. Forgiveness is about our position with God. It's about being in right position with God. Are you in Matthew chapter 6? I told, did I tell you to go to Matthew chapter 6? 5, okay. 5, 6. <laughs> Actually, Matthew chapter 6 begins in chapter 5. And in this, listen to me, because th- th- this is very important. I-, I just have a few minutes, and I'm not going to try to just stuff you with this, but, I, but, but you need to hear it. In Matthew chapter 6, again, it really begins all the way. So when you go back and read at home, read Matthew chapter 5 and 6. And in this chapter, it's a continual sermon that Jesus was teaching. Some people call it the Sermon on the Mount. Some people call it the Beatitudes. We're going to call it a continual sermon That Jesus was teaching. Because that's what it was. In Matthew chapter 6. Jesus covered a wide array. Of topics. To teach us how. To live as children of the most high God. In this. In this. He covered a wide array of of things. We have to see it. So let's read. And starting in verse 9. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 after this manner therefore pray ye our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name now Jesus starts to teach those that were there about prayer about forgiveness listen and many of the many people In this country, and many people that that are in the world, they call this the Lord's Prayer. Actually, this is not the Lord's Prayer. This was God, Jesus teaching us how to pray. But they call it the Lord's Prayer. Well, I'm going to believe everybody else because everybody has been saying that for years. Jesus was teaching them how to go back and read. He was teaching them how to pray. Are you with me? Look at verse, hmm, well, let's just read on down. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Look at verse 12, the one I want to lift up. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors the first reference of forgiveness right here. And he's teaching us how to pray. The first reference of forgiveness. Now, just think about what we owe God. Now, we've all sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. In other words, forgive us our sins. It wouldn't change that scripture's That's our debt. That's our debt. Forgive us our sins. That's our debt. Look at verse 12. And and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, always look at the buts in the scriptures. If you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Jesus is letting us know. Or He goes back and He illuminates uh, 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 uh our address Further, is in this part, where it says, forgive us the debt as we forgive our debtors, Jesus felt a need to come back at the end of the prayer, and he made sure that we did not leave with the, with the incorrect interpretation. He came right back and gave us something. After we said, he said amen in 13, he came right back, because he said, wait, so you won't go away thinking wrong. Or have the wrong interpretation he felt a need for that and he let us know that we are to forgive others trespasses and when we do that our heavenly father will forgive us so now we know that God can have unforgiveness toward you he just said it he said, if you don't forgive, I'm not forgiving you. God forgives everybody. No, no, no. Not according to the Scriptures. According to that Scripture, He said, if you don't forgive, I'm not going to forgive you. I didn't make that up. Did y'all read that? So you can stop hollering, you know, God forgives everything. He forgives. Well, no, He don't forgive you if you don't forgive others. He just said he wouldn't. He said, you don't do that. Now, notice, you could murder somebody. He said, I forgive you. You could do all kinds of things and he'll forgive you. But he said, but this one thing you do, I won't forgive you. Is when you don't forgive others. Now that's, that, I mean, that's amazing. You can, God, you forgive adultery and fornication and, you know, the things that we call gross sin. You'll forgive all the, the, the wrong that this person done to me and you you you, 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 you forgive everything. And see, God made sure he kept it simple because he knew he was dealing with simple people. He said, listen, let me tell you again. I'm going to need you to forgive others. Simplicity. But, if you don't, I will not forgive you. And then earlier, remember, we saw we were already in debt. Forgive us our debt, our sins. So he said, Fine. See, it just amazes me that all the other things that fall upon the debt he can forgive you for. But not unforgiveness. Now see that's scary. That's scary. That makes you want to just go tell everybody, even people that you love, I'm sorry. And you ain't even mad at them, but you say, I'm just going to so sorry just in case. I, if I get, if I, if you do something to me in the future, let me just apologize now because I want to make sure God is, let me tell you, some of you, having children and you know what you've done in the past and you've been all foolish and all that let me tell you once the doctor tell you a they look are you doing a sonogram you going to have and they do a sonogram and they show you you oh you're going to have a girl right then you should fall on your face and say God forgive me of my sin please don't let it come on my child that's why we grinning and thinking it's so cute because you should be asking for forgiveness God don't let any of the things that I've done be visited on my child none of you never thought about that did not you that's what you should have been doing Father, I'm forgiving everything and everybody. And God, I don't want nothing coming upon my child. God, don't visit. Don't let it visit on my child. Because you know a lot of things in your past will come knocking on your children's door. Oh, they look cute now. But they don't stay that way. How many of you know? I remember how old I thought Layla was. It you know she she's so sweet she so sweet. It just smells so good she's lying now they don't stay them little cute things that's a that's a spanner time that's a that's the that's the time that god's just, God's giving you a breather that's all just know that I know you're tired and whooped now, but that that ain't nothing but a breather. Because, baby, it's coming. And it won't be a pretty thing. And it won't be, you know, we can laugh now. Because, you know, we know the different things are going to. But, mm mm-mm. That's when you say, God, uh, 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 everything I did, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, God. And God said, well, let me check your heart and see if you forgive others. So I can forgive. God said, I cannot forgive you. God, they, say, they say God forgives everything. Oh, God. Let's read it again. Because, see, you know, we, you always have somebody stupid. You're going to always. Because, nah, see, then you're going to go back and say, I said something. And I didn't say it. Because personally with me, who you don't do forgive have nothing to do with me. God made it His personal business. Why? Because you belong to Him. Verse 14 and 15, so you can say, and and nobody say, Pastor Hill told me this. Some of you still call me Sister Hill. Sister Hill never told me this. No, I did not. Whenever you see red writing in the Bible, that's Jesus talking. Verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, their, their, whatever they've done against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, that but, if you forgive not men their trespasses, whatever they've done to you, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Your, still, your sin is still hanging on you. You know what? He's also letting us know a scripture that's very seldom taught, but ought to be taught more often. That if we don't forgive others what they have done to us, our Heavenly Father will not. Now write this down. Will not forgive us. Let me show you the difference between your unforgiving and God's unforgiving. Because He only told you just what He would not forgive. Now, your unforgiveness is really a powerless grudge. It's powerless. You're mad. It's just a powerless grudge. God's unforgiveness is the difference between eternal life and eternal damnation. Mm, mm, I'm going to leave you with that one. I'm going to stop right here just for you to get that. but I'm going to repeat it again. I hope it's up there on the screen. The difference between your forgiveness unforgiveness and God's your unforgiveness is really just a powerless grudge I'm just man I have a grudge against them but if God won't forgive you it's the difference between eternal life and eternal damnation who wants to take a chance like that? Who wants to keep a grudge like that when, mine is, my, when my whole life is on the line? <laughs> it's not worth it. Don't ever let nobody have that control over your life. Did you hear me? Do not let anyone have that kind of control over your life that you are so angry with them so messed up with them you can't forgive them and your whole life with with eternal life eternal damnation is standing in the balance of you like I'm not letting go i'm a, I, I'm not letting go they shouldn't have done that i'm no 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 I'm keeping this because they should i met you what you'd rather go to hell than to forgive them There will be no forgiveness. Let me, and, and die in that. There is, there's no do overs once the last breath is taken. Oh, Father, I just pray that they forgive right where they are. I've even heard people say, pray for the person that's dead. Let's just pray for them. Pray what? You can't pray for a person that's gone. And Un- please understand that. There's no prayer for those that are gone. That once they're gone, it's sealed right here, right now, has to do with your life. It has to do with decision making. But once you take your last breath, there is nothing else to talk about. There is nothing else to pray about concerning that person that took the last breath. You can say, I pray that they went to hell. I mean, oh, excuse me. <laughs> now, now people with unforgiveness. You tell me, I wish they went to hell. <laughs> you, you know what you... You at the difference between it. <laughs> now if you pray, if you pray that you're you're right at the gate <laughs> of eternal life and damnation. I I wish they went to hell. Listen you it can never nobody can hurt you that much. <laughs> Now, y'all gonna make my makeup come <laughs> God, you were wrong for that, but okay. <laughs> that was for somebody. Don't get it twisted. I'm no fool. You don't have all this time that you think you have, it's not worth it. You tell them, nope. You know. Because why? Forgiveness has nothing to do with you. <laughs> I know you'd like to think it has something to do. It has nothing to do with the person. It has to do with your walk with God. I said, nope. I don't need you. I don't need you representing me with all of that in your heart. Thank you, God, I'll say that. God said, I could even use you better if that was out your heart. You think I'm using you now? A lot of that is a lot of you, you muskering up because you do love me. You belong to me, but you're muskering up because you're getting past that unforgiveness. But God said, I could use you so much better if you were free. I could use you so much better. So stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our our website website at livingwateraustin.net.